Welcome to Land a Job You Love podcast. I'm your host and career coach, Kajal Bansal. If you're someone who's looking for that sense of fulfillment in their career, you've come to the right place because in this podcast, I'll be speaking with inspirational industry leaders who have followed their true interests and instincts to land work they love and give you advice on how you can do the same. I'm really excited to have you. I, I like what's nice is that you've listened to an episode, so you kind of understand like my mission here. But I really want to speak to industry leading women who really have followed their instincts and their interests to land work that they love. Um, obviously, that's going to look different for every woman, but just to kind of like get a roadmap of like what they did in the hopes that someone's listening to this and they kind of get some takeaways that they can use in their own career to find that career fulfillment for themselves. Um, and I'm so very excited to be speaking with you. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You reached out during the perfect time in my career because I was just going through a career transition. So Um, When I did learn about what you speak about on the show, it was really near and dear to my heart. So I'm very happy to be here and to contribute to the conversation. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Just kind of to start off, can you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. um, So I am a brand marketer through and through. That's definitely my passion. Uh, I am everything from brand strategy, brand positioning, and really finding the gut of a company and bringing that forward and connecting with consumers on more of an emotional level. So that's definitely my passion and my strength. Um, however, because my skill set, um, because of my skill set and how I can really diversify between performance and brand marketing, I've been put into positions within organizations where I kind of oversee all of marketing and really bring together the integrated experience within customers. So that's everything from brand marketing to performance marketing, from creative and communications, PR, all the way down to channel strategy, whether it's social media, events, influencers, um, uh, email marketing, retail marketing, etc. So uh, I kind of oversee everything and integrate everything together. So it's like a really cohesive customer experience. Wow, that's a huge scope and like such a t- like relevant scope. I think in today's market with social media, and I'm curious to know, like how much how much do you factor in audience when you're looking at all those things? Um, is it a big part or a small part? No, I think it's incredibly crucial, especially for marketing. You really have to know who your customer is and being as consumer centric as possible, I think really makes a strong brand. So um, knowing who your audience is and how they consume content is very important, especially for my job where I do have to integrate every single customer touch point and consider how customers consume content um, and what the content they consume does. So certain customers will, all customers will, they'll use Pinterest, for example, for discovery and awareness, and then they'll use other channels for intent and purchase base. So you really have to know your, your customer on a, on an intimate level and really um, get to know how they're consuming content, giving them relevant, relevant information at the relevant time. Wow. You really know so much. Like this is so impressive. And, and, um, I kind of looked at your LinkedIn kind of in prep for this conversation and it's incredible the experience you had. So before you're, you were doing what you're doing now, which we'll get into. Um, you spent quite a bit of time at EQ3, which is like a really big company, super strong brand recognition. Um, and then not only did you work there, you had like incredible career progression there. So you start as like a marketing and comms coordinator, you get promoted within five years, you get promoted twice, once at a manager level and then at a director level, all for like a North American region, which is really impressive, especially for somebody so young. Um, I guess my first question here is, can you tell us a little bit about that, like that time at EQ3, what the role was, how that role progressed? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was not necessarily like definitely the tasks at hand were substantially different between each role, but it was also your mindset when you are performing. So being a marketing coordinator, if anyone wants to get into marketing, I would highly suggest they start at a coordinator level. It really gives you the opportunity to be on the ground and see every single aspect of the business and really connect the dots. And then you also get to put your feet in a little bit of um, get your toes wet in a little bit of what each area of marketing is really about. And then you find out where your strengths are, what you're passionate about. And then from there you can grow. So I, I would highly suggest everyone that goes into marketing, start at a coordinator level and really absorb all the information that you're, you're learning. Um, but at that level, you're definitely more tactical and you're, you're executing the task at hand. So your job is just to get the job your job is to get the job done, essentially. Uh, and then when you're in management, you are now managing projects and managing a team. I was in my mid-20s managing up to 12 reports at one point. And your mindset really changes to instead of getting the task at hand done, you're just moving the pieces around, making sure your team is, you're removing obstacles from your team um, and making sure the project at, at large gets done. And then when you move to a director level, it's much more strategic, but also um, you're thinking more about the 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 bottom line of the business and your decisions that you're making are impacting the overall company and not just your department. Um, you're managing multi-million dollar budgets and the decisions that you make are really going to move the needle or they're not going to move the needle, but hopefully they do move the needle. Um, so those are definitely the the differences between each role, I would say. Wow. And I mean, I think as women, it's like really hard for us to flex on ourselves, but I really do want you to flex here. What do you think it was about you specifically that made you so, what do you think you brought to those roles that made you so successful and, and progress so quickly? It's funny. I think about this a lot because I do, I'm very aware that I've grown pretty rapidly in my career. So I always think of what got me here and I do, I think it's both. It's definitely a personality traits and then professional traits that I've, I've consciously made um, personality traits. I think that I was, I was raised in a, in an immigrant family, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so my, my family came here with essentially nothing and they gave us a really fantastic life. Like my, my parents both worked incredibly hard. We by no means were rich. We were middle income. My dad was a, a carpenter and my mom was a nurse, but they really showed us the value of what hard work was. Um, so my sister, my brother and I are all very ambitious and work very hard and we're all very successful. So that was really ingrained in me at a young age. Like I had two jobs from the second I turned 15 years old, constantly working double shifts every single day, putting myself to university. So that is just like innate and it's in me. And I think that is really um, something I'm incredibly grateful for that my family taught me, but that definitely con contributed to my success and my growth. Um, and then professionally, I, I never really... I never believed that I was incapable of doing anything. I always embraced challenge and I almost like looked for challenge and looked for growth. In the back of my mind, I always had, what can I do to build my resume? How can I grow? And when I did maintain status quo, I would be like, hey, I just, I need to like, what, like always add value, always be useful, always help out. Um, there was one point of time where at EQ3 a few years ago, this is when I was still a manager and the president uh, mentioned to me that they wanted to open up a, a pop-up store in LA and just like, it was a brand activation pop-up store. And he didn't really have any idea what it was. I didn't, I was like, you know what, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to figure it out. And I literally put together a full strategy from not even just a marketing strategy. I, I met people who um, specialize in this in LA. I was calling everyone that I could possibly get a hold of to figure out how to really put, put together an effective strategy. So found by finding a location of where we should pop up to customer data as to what LA customers were purchasing and how we can merchandise the store to a creative concept to get 
media awareness and media attention to POS systems. Like I put together this full comprehensive strategy as how to open up a, a pop-up store in LA. And it's funny, I pre- presented it to the president and he was like, what? Like, this was an idea that I just had and I presented it to you and now you put put forward this. And it to me, it was just like, if I have this on my resume, this is huge and I really want this to happen. So I was just never afraid of challenge and I, I almost like seeked it almost and discomfort. Um, so just embracing that. And I think between those two, the personality traits and the professional traits, that's really got me to, to where I, I am today. Those are such good career takeaways. And I think sometimes what happens is like you look at a person like you, your LinkedIn profile, and it's like, wow, that person's like grown so quick. But it's so good to hear the the other side of the story, your perspective on it, which is like, what can I do? Like thinking about what looks good on a resume, thinking about like, how do I make an impact here? How do I get the right people to notice me? Um, And then that piece about like really seeking discomfort, I think is so important. Like it is so easy to stay in status quo because it feels safer there. Right. And so like for me, a big thing is um, like I do some, sometimes I do live media segments and I'm so shy and live TV is so scary. And like, they, you know, you do a little prep with the producers ahead of time, but then the journalists will almost always throw something at you that you weren't prepared for. And it's so scary because it's live, but it's like doing those kinds of things. Like I feel a bit more prepared now to do the podcast because I did those things. Um, and so I really can, can relate. And I think those are like amazing takeaways. Yeah, for sure. I think every single time you put yourself in a challenging situation, it just makes you better the next day, right? It's just constant development and leveling up and growing. So I really recommend everyone to just push themselves into a challenging position and good will come from it no matter what, even if you fail, it'll, it'll be a growing, um, a learning curve, I guess. Totally. Um, I think another thing that can really contribute to career advancement is mentorship. So whether that's mentors within your own company internally or like external mentors that you have in your own network, how much of a part did mentorship play for you in your career? And um, who did you seek to be your mentors? Yeah, I I think at no matter what stage of your life, it's essential to have mentorship um, or, or really great leadership and always, again, to continue to grow no matter how high up you are in an organization or whatnot. Um, so I've never actually had a formal mentor that like has guided me that I connect to all the time, but I look for mentorship everywhere. So whether it's my peers, my sister and I are in the same field. She's in marketing communications. I'm constantly calling her to pick her brain. She's constantly calling me. I have friends who own very successful businesses. so I'm constantly calling them and just asking them for advice. And then I think, honestly, this might sound a little silly, but some of my biggest mentors are people that don't even know I exist. Like I'm constantly researching podcasts and um, like two mentors specifically that I, I follow their careers and I'm obsessed with these two women. But um, Nora, who is the uh, CEO and the founder of Missouri, and then the CEO of Bumble, Whitney. So they're just two women who made these two challenger brands are substantial in the culture of today. Um, they're, and they both, they're both moms. So it's funny, a, a few months ago, my girlfriends and I were all sitting around uh, just drinking wine and we were all talking about our ambitions and, and goals in life. And one of my girlfriends was like, you know, I can't wait to be a mom. And my other girlfriend was like, I kind of want to just like travel the world. And, and then it came to me and they're like, what do you want? And I was like, I kind of want it all. Like I want to be a, C- a CEO, a CMO. I want to be a mom. I want to travel the world. And that's just who I am. I'm just always pushing myself and just the most ambitious. I know some people probably are like, isn't it exhausting? You're so hard on yourself. But 
I don't know. I just feel like that's the most beautiful thing about getting older is you kind of accept who you are and you're confident. And yes, I'm always pushing myself to, to level up, but that's where I got myself today. So, but yeah, there was a, there was a podcast I listened to where Whitney, the CEO of Bumble, she was on it and she said that she um, at one point was on an investor call while she was breastfeeding. And I was like, that is so empowering. Like, I don't know. It's just something about that is so special to me where it's, cause I think they, people really, make women feel like they can have one or the other and not have it all and like for me what's inspiring is being able to prove people wrong that we can't have it all that's amazing and I think that's such a great um like that's another thing that you might not think about right away is the mentors that you have that don't even know you exist like for me a really big one is Jessica Alba I just I, I like I find myself really seeking her her content because it just connects with me. She is one of these women who like, it feels like she could just do it all. Um, Mm -hmm. and I really love Whitney as well. Um, another one that I really do actively seek her content as well. It is so fun to like find people who you just really resonate with. Absolutely. Um, okay. So of all the times that I could have been speaking to you, I'm so excited to be speaking to you right now because you are at this like point where you are going to be making a a transition or are in the process of making a transition. Um, And so you recently left EQ3 and you're about to embark on a new journey. Um, And from what I've seen of you, I feel like I'm very excited for you because I think this is a space that you will will totally dominate in. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your new venture, what you'll be doing and how people can find out about it? Yeah. Um, so it's only been three weeks now since I've started. So it's very fresh, but I'm very excited about it. Um, so essentially I'm joining a tech startup, which is hilarious because so many people were like, I can't believe you're leaving EQ3 for a tech startup. Um, but it's funny before I did actually accept this position, I turned down the opportunity to work at one of Canada's fastest growing global retailers for this position, um, just because I've always wanted to build a brand from the bottom up and the co-founders of the company that I'm working at that's called Planin. Um, they are incredibly intelligent. They came from Priceline where they worked in the travel industry for decades. Um, so we're really bringing in their expertise in travel and we're combining it with my expertise, which is in creator commerce and, and influencers. So influencers and creators are something that I've been advocating for for years and really showing their value. I've put together deck after deck, report after report, presenting it to stakeholders, just showing the value of influencers And our entire business that we're building right now is just really ensuring that creators have economic success for a lifetime. So through travel content. Um, So we're really um, putting together something that is incredibly innovative and not on the market right now. But really, I think that the issue that there has been some people that have been trying to do what we're doing. I don't want to give away too much of it. Um, But there is um, there's people in the market that are trying to do what we're doing. But I think the biggest area of improvement and opportunity that we're going to focus on is really connecting with the creators on an intimate, personal level. A lot of people, when like the market is so saturated, mm-hmm. uh, every single market is so saturated, no matter what, like there's only so much innovation you can have, but the ones that really cut through the noise are the ones that connect to customers on a personal, intimate level. And that's what we're, we're going to be doing. We're, we're trying to do it at least. So um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Cause I've, I've, like I said, advocated for creators for so long and now I get to actually prove their value through a business model. And so, um, yeah, more to come hopefully soon, but yeah, we'll be launching. We plan to launch in January. So stay tuned. That's incredible. Congratulations. Did this come, like, did they approach you? Like how did this opportunity come your way? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they, a recruiter actually, 
message me on LinkedIn and I get so many messages on LinkedIn from recruiters <laughs> and I'm all, and the second I see startup, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I'm not very passionate about it. And so I, I initially actually turned down this offer and the recruiter was like, no, I really need to get on the phone and tell you a little bit about this company. It's not just a startup. It's special. It's different. And then I was like, okay, whatever. So I, I gave them, I, I, I uh, we booked a meeting. And so they called me and they told me about who the founders were, first of all. So that was definitely reassuring because there are two people who definitely know what they're doing and are well-versed in this industry. Um, and then the, the subject matter, like, because I'm so passionate about creators and travel and proving creators value and their worth, I was like, you know what, like, this is something that I'm passionate about. I, I know that the creator or the co-founders are incredibly well-knowledged in this. We can make something really special here. So um, yeah, that's essentially what happened. I decided to take the leap and I was at the point in my time with EQ3 where it was time for me to move on as well. So it kind of just worked out and something about working at a startup, like I said, I turned down the opportunity to work at one of the most amazing companies ever um, for this. It's because like, I've always been really interested in the business behind certain things, like not just marketing, but the business aspect of it. So really connecting the dots, like, okay, so if we increase the price on this product, why did we increase it? Why is the freight going up for this? What, why did we make that decision behind building the website here? Why did we do it? Like, I'm always trying to like dissect why companies are doing things and more so the business behind it, not necessarily just the marketing aspect of it. Cause I think at the end of the day, if you do understand the business, you're going to be a better marketer or you're going to be better at your job, not just marketing. So um, yeah, being able to build this from the ground up with the co-founders and all of us, like our, our goal together collectively is working towards Series A funding because we're in our seeds, uh, seed stage mm. right now. And just that, like pitching to investors and just you're never going to experience this anywhere else. So uh, I might as well do it now while I'm young. <laughs> That's incredible. Same thing. It's like that on a resume or the experience you're getting or the discomfort you're feeling like that's, that is incredible. And, um, yeah, huge congratulations to you. And you're right about the saturation too. Like it's really hard getting eyes on anything you're doing on online these days because there's so much, I think a company that does it really well when you, when you talk about kind of like connecting to the the audience or the customer, Nick's, I feel like does that really well. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard. So I think it's, and they're selling underwear, like, you know, (laughs) it's just like, you can't, you can only be so different and yeah, I'm sure their product is fantastic, but they really connect to the customer on an emotional level and that's why they're so successful. Totally. Um, I was nervous to ask you this because it feels like such a personal question, but as much as you feel comfortable sharing, can you share us, share with us like the decisions that led to leaving EQ3 and then also leaving EQ3 for a startup because it's such a well-established brand and then to go into the startup world can feel so risky. Like take us through kind of the decision-making process there. Yeah, for sure. You can ask me anything. I'm <laughs> a pretty open book. <laughs> um so, you know, I love EQ3. I love the people there. We are truly a family. Like that is a very special company. I, the passion that runs through those buildings, like it's the stores, everyone in that company is amazing. And I'm incredibly grateful for the experiences I had there and the people that I met there. Um, I just, I was at a point, we were both, EQ3 and I, <laughs> we're both at a point where we just, they really needed somebody to just maintain processes and and not really push the status quo and I crave pushing the status quo and really making a difference. So I think I just outgrew my position there and I was really seeking somewhere 
else that really just like let me kind of spread my wings and grow. Um, and it's funny because when I when I resigned, the president and I were quite close. He's a phenomenal man. But when I resigned, um, he said to me, it's funny, you fought so hard to get to where you were. And when you got there, it just wasn't enough. And it's not that I wasn't grateful because I was incredibly grateful for every single thing that they had offered me. I'm just very ambitious and constantly looking to grow and challenge myself. So when I got there, I was like, you know what? My time here is done. Um, and yeah, so that's why I, I moved on and, and starting at a startup. And it definitely, it's the scary part about it, because a lot of people were like, even actually one person at EQ3 when I was leaving, they said to me, aren't you scared? Like, isn't this a big risk? Like one in 40 startups fail. And I was like, all you're doing right now is motivating me to make sure that this startup is the most successful startup out there. Like, I'm not the kind of person that's going to be scared and be like, Oh, I'm making the wrong decision. It's like, it's a challenge. And now I'm motivated to make sure that I'm proving you all wrong, that this thing is going to be something big. And if it's not, it's not, but I'm, at least I can know that, you know, what I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to do what I can to make sure that it is successful. I'm so happy I asked you to be on this podcast. You are like, just in terms of mindset, <laughs> I just feel like, I feel so inspired right now listening to you. Um, I oh, think these you. are just like so important, these messages of like not being so afraid. Of, because I've, I'm like a person who deals with so much self-doubt and like a, like anxiety and like I get, I know that I have so much potential and I like shine really bright, but like it's almost like I get in my own way. And to hear someone be like, you know, so fearless in their quest to like conquer is really inspiring. Oh, thank you. It's definitely not easy by any means, but like I said, I always embrace challenge and embrace discomfort. So I think that that's where it comes from. And at the end of the day, I always say to people, like we have one life to live and you're the one that's in control of it. So like, I want to be a CMO one day and I know in order to get there, I need to make decisions today that make me grow, diversify my portfolio and get there. So uh, I had to make the leap. It was the right time. And I don't know, I think everything happens for a reason. So hopefully it works out. Yeah. I'm so excited to kind of like keep tabs and, and watch your journey, whether it's this or something else. I feel like you're one to watch in the coming years for sure. Um, coming kind of sort of towards the end now, there's one question that I really want to ask you because I feel like you are the person to ask. Um, and that is, what do you think are the key elements of building a brand that audiences connect to? Kind of what I was saying earlier, when you're selling a brand, you're selling a feeling, you're selling a connection. How are you going to connect to that customer to increase future demand or to push future demand? Um, so I think a lot of these companies, when they go to market, they're talking about the functionality of their product or the um, like technology behind their product and just like really um, tactical things. But that's not going to differentiate you in the market, right? Especially when we are so saturated. So selling a brand is selling a feeling and connecting with people on an emotional level. Um, there is this thing called the 95-5 rule in marketing where it's essentially 5% of your target audience is in market ready to purchase what you're selling now, but 95% of them aren't. So the way to connect to those 95% of people is on an emotional level. Um, so when they are ready to buy your product, you're top of mind for them. And to me, that's what selling a brand is. It's just really understanding how you can connect to them on an emotional level. That that really like resonates with me because um, I read this thing once that was like, someone needs to see your product seven to nine times before they buy. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like for someone like me who started a business that knew nothing about marketing, I really didn't know that or what you're saying. It makes sense. Like It's like not everybody is like looking for a job right away. So when I'm like 
busting my butt like marketing, but I'm not necessarily getting the immediate response. It's because like, it, like that makes sense about the five and 95 rule. Um, and so I think like the more you understand that, that long-term focus and that long-term vision to capture like a broader audience over time, the, like the strategy probably looks a little bit different than like that quick fix marketing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask what, when you look back at at your career, what are you most proud of, of yourself? Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I think like from a very high level position, just my growth, I think is I'm, I did grow quite rapidly. And I think overall that's incredibly uh, rewarding to me and it continues to make me want to grow further. But I would say the things that make me the most emotional, um, like, and very, like incredibly proud of is when I get feedback from my team that I'm, I'm a good leader or what have you. So specifically, they're not going to tell you that all all the time, but when moments happen or things happen and they do give you that feedback, it's the most inspiring. Um, So specifically when I left EQ3 and resigned, we um, had a lot of going aways and and whatnot. One of the girls on my team was emotional and she started crying and she just said, you know what, like I've never learned so much as I have since I've been reporting to you and I can't thank you enough. Another girl on my team messaged me and said, um, I selfishly am not done learning from you. I'm very happy that you're leaving, but I'm not done learning from you. You've taught me so so much. And to me, just being able to, because you, I don't know, you strive to be a good leader every single day, but you never really know. Um, and I think that's the, the most rewarding part is just really like developing our future generation of women to become strong, powerful businesswomen. Uh, that's very rewarding to me. Uh, there's a few years ago, I actually took a course called executive level leadership. Um, cause I'm always looking for personal development and growth. And it's funny. One of the things that they said in the course was the best leaders are the ones that are always insecure about their leadership skills because they're always striving to be better. And I was like, Oh my God, like, that's why, cause I've always like talking to myself, like, okay, be confident in your leadership, Natasha, you're be confident. And like, when I heard that, I was like, Oh my God, like, this is a good thing. You know, like I'm, I'm constantly worrying about my team, wondering if they're if they're fulfilled, if they're happy doing the tasks that they're doing, because um, I want them to come to work every single day. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it was, I think that, yeah, being a, a really great leader and knowing that I'm impacting our future generation is re- really rewarding and inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what has been the best career advice that you've been given? Oh, geez. Um, that's a good one. You know what? I have a friend and it's not really advice, but it kind of made me stop and think. I have a friend who owns a clothing company and he said to me um, when I was looking kind of for a, a new position and a job and open to opportunities, he was like, you're really fantastic at building relationships. So no matter what you do, you're going to be successful. So keep just keep building relationships and connecting with people. And I was like, wow, I don't I don't strategically go out there <laughs> looking to build relationships. Like that's not a strategy. I guess I just try to connect with people on a more emotional level. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely building relationships is, is huge and will get you, it'll open doors for sure and um, introduce you to new, to new opportunities. Uh, and then my last leader at EQ3, this is more from a, a leadership perspective, but he told me, make sure that your team is happy and doing what they love because they'll show up to work every single day and they will excel. And I think from a leadership perspective, just making sure that your team is really happy um, I think that's that's very important. Yeah, those are great. Those are great. Um, and what what advice would you have for women who are looking for that that sense of fulfillment in their career? 
I would say celebrate failure um, and discomfort. Yeah, celebrate failure and embrace discomfort. Um, Also, be kind and empathetic. I feel like people always remember how you make them feel, and I think that that will go a long way. And there's there could be a lot of nasty people in this world, so just make sure that you're always the one that that um, holds your head high and, and stays kind. Um, I would also say take your job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. For me, I'm I'm results oriented. I'm very performance driven, but I will be walking around the office screaming Christmas music at the top of my lungs at the end of the day. <laughs> so take your job seriously, but don't take yourself seriously. Um, and then be useful and always add value. I think that's something. And one of the most important things actually that somebody on my team had asked me when I was leaving EQ3 is what can I do to be better? And I just said, speak up. No one, no one's going to read your mind and know that you want to have a promotion or know that um, you're not fulfilled. So speak up, make yourself known. Um, At the end of the day, like your personal brand is who you are and how you want to be perceived by other people. And people are not going to be able to guess what you, what your purpose is and your reason and your why essentially is. So I wanted to ask you this actually about a personal brand. Like the thing about a personal brand is that everybody has one, whether they like it or not, whether they realize it Mm -hmm. or not. And when you can learn to like hone in on your personal brand, I feel like that's when others notice you. And that's when the opportunities, you, you kind of become this magnet to attract opportunities. What do you think like are the elements, like when I think of you, I know you have a strong personal brand because I don't know you. And when I think of you, I already know that like you have like a great fashion sense. You you like really love your family. Like there's things about you I know because you do such a good job, whether you mean to or not on your Instagram, like you have such a strong personal brand. Um, what do you think are the elements that make like a strong, if somebody's out there is like, okay, maybe I should start to really think about this and, and be a little bit more strategic about this. What do you think makes a strong personal brand? You know, for me specifically, I think as I got older, I just, I'm more confident in who I am and I don't really care or worry what people think of me. Um, It's funny. I think my husband, like he's a little bit more reserved. um, So he'll always be like, why did you post that? You shouldn't have posted that. And I'm like, because I just don't care. (laughs) I don't care what people think. And I think that that is, uh, that's definitely great. But that's, that's for me personally, everyone that's notably transparent and I'm authentic and I, I have embraced it as the years come, but I just, I, you almost have to think of your personal brand similar to how a business is or a company, a company's brand strategy is what is your purpose in life and what is your why? What is your reason for existence and how do you want to connect to people? So I think that that's really important. If you're, if you're kind of unsure about what your personal brand is, it's like, what are your goals in life and how can you communicate that and also connect with people? I think being vulnerable is very important because that lets you kind of lets your guard down and then it in turn allows other people to come towards you and to connect with you. And I think that just being true to yourself, find what you're good at and and follow your heart. Don't try to be one thing to everybody. Cause I think that that's in branding and from a business perspective, that's like marketing 101. Don't be one thing to everybody. Do what you're really good at and lean into that and be authentic and true to yourself. Really, really great takeaways. Thank you so much for your time. This was like Excellent. Um, I wanted to ask just as a last question, where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about your new venture or just you personally? Um, well, me on Instagram. So just Natasha Leo and then uh, LinkedIn as well. But you can also follow Planin to see uh, when we're going to be launching, hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Amazing. Thank you so much for doing this with me. No, thank you for having me. This is great. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Land a Job You Love podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you're interested in learning more about career coaching services with me, you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram at Spark Career Co. I hope you have a great day.